When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this episode. I'm Jen Duplessis. Today with me, I have a great correspondent lender uh, by the name of Dana Brashear. And the reason why I brought on a correspondent lender today is that they hear things that we don't hear on the street. <laughs> and they hear it from a multitude of people. And I thought, how perfect would this be to bring someone on and, and speak from her perspective um, what's happening in the industry right now, what some of the future forecasting might be, and then also share her story on how she got where she is. So Dana, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. Of course. I'm, I'm happy to have you. So let me introduce you to everybody. Um, she has um, almost 20 years in the mortgage business. She has extensive background in managing um, operations, overseeing product and policy development, uh, building high-performing sales teams, as well as delivering expert project management. And she's had all the jobs you could possibly have in the industry, including origination. Um, currently, she is the correspondent channel manager for Get, uh, Westgate Bank, uh, which is based out of Lincoln, Nebraska. And she holds an MBA in project management. Boy, would I like to have you help me with project management. I know there's an <laughs> app for project management. I can never find yes. it. So I know there is one. Um, and <laughs> she is... Um, Six Sigma certified, which I don't even know what that is. So maybe you can explain that. Um, right. And she has been recognized uh, as one of the 10 most empowering women in the mortgage industry in 2021 by Insight Success Magazine. Maybe that's what we were talking about. Insight Success yes. Magazine. <laughs> Um, and Enterprising Women Women of Women of the Year 2021 in the Enterprising World Magazine. So again, welcome to the show. Um, so I love your pedigree, uh, but I do, I do need to know what Six Sigma is because I have no idea what that is. Oh, sure. Uh, Six Sigma is actually uh, sort of a lean, agile uh, process for project management. So you have Six Sigma, Agile, Scrum Master. They're just different styles of running projects. Okay. I just want the one that looks like an Excel that has lines on it so that <laughs> you know, I can assign people things. Yeah. And they know I'm waiting for you to do this before that. But I still, I yes. start a long time ago and I, I cannot find it. So maybe off, off uh, you know, when we get back into the green room, you can tell me about it. Yes, I'll get it for you. You bet. <laughs> 
Yeah, because that's what I really need. Uh, so let's let's get started. I know that you know we talked in the green room a little bit about your your history, and you know, as women, we kind of take that traditional path. Most of us that have been in for you know 20, 25, 30, 40 years, in my case, um, took that traditional path of all operations, right? A processor. For me, I started off as a receptionist slash setup clerk, right? In 1983, and um, and you weren't even born. And uh, (laughs) I was born. I was born. Oh, okay, good. All right. Because I'm glad, oh God, I'm getting old. Um, (laughs) And, um, you know, so we we took that traditional path, but, you know, now here you are this channel manager and, uh, you know, and that, and that really is, you know, something to be very, very proud of. And it's something that is a woman in our industry, you know, we have to be proud of in, in what we're doing. So, before we talk about what you're doing now and your insight on what's happening in today's market and, and some of the forecasting, um, step us back into when you were an originator and perhaps a tipping point that you said, you know, I have finally arrived in this industry, whether it was through origination or maybe it was in the op side, but that you had arrived. Give us a, a little bit of a take about your uh, journey as a loan officer. Sure. Um, so I, I actually had uh, some background processing before I jumped into the originator role, which I think helped me greatly because I understood the process and the pain um, that kind of the staff felt behind the scenes. So I, I was able to look at several different um, paths that a loan could take and kind of get mentored from uh, one of the best ladies um, in the business, in my opinion, uh, who who knew how to work a multitude of products um, through various channels and investors. So it was nice to get that exposure as a processor uh, and to have that opportunity. Mm. When I went into actually going um, and originating my own loans, it was it was it was kind of terrifying because I was used to sitting behind a desk and dealing with um, you know borrowers and, right. and hearing their life story. Um, to, I've got to beat the streets and uh, talk to these realtors about things and I really need to know my stuff. Um, you know, I can't just have one little part of the conventional processing world or FHA processing world. I need to know how it all fits together yeah. uh, in order to make this, uh, you know, a more co- cohesive process. So uh, that was a little challenging for me uh, to step outside my comfort zone there. I was uh, very introverted and now, um, you know, now I'm not that way, I kind of forced myself out there but having that fear of rejection was probably the biggest thing for me to overcome. So um, the turning point in my career where I felt that, hey, I can do this, is this I really want to take this somewhere, is the minute that I figured out why I wanted to do what I'm doing. Um, because I had a preconceived notion when I first got in. I think the standard answer for any young person in mortgage is, oh, I do this because I want to help people get into a home. Right. And while it's, it sounds great and um, you know, it sounds um, exactly what you're doing. Really. There's a lot more thought behind it. I mean, we're building communities. We're helping people through massive uh, financial decisions in their life that are building them up. Um, So I really had to sit down and think about what, what aspect of that I liked. Did I like going out there and getting the business or did I like helping people build themselves up and build their families up and communities up. And so um, I really, that turning point where I found out I like to build, I like to build things, make it work um, to give people the opportunities that they don't have. 
then I was able to really go, okay, I've arrived um, because I know my purpose behind this. And I know I can, I can take it anywhere. That's what drove me to my project management degree. Um, and I wasn't scared. I wasn't scared of rejection. I wasn't scared of, uh, you know, not getting enough business um, because I know that's a fear, especially in, in today's market. Oh yeah. But I, I had found my drive and it wasn't, it was motivated by other things than just getting customers in the door and getting those numbers up. Um, I was making a lot of friends and a network and connections and built a wonderful family, um, you know, of, of multitude of lenders and folks that have been in the business for a long time and mentorship networks. Um, and that really, th that was, that opened the door for me to, to seek that out is to really figure out why I was doing what I was doing. Yeah. I think, thank you for sharing that. I think that, that, um, you know, brings up some really good points that we hear this so often, right? What's your why? There's a book called What's Your What that a colleague yes. of mine wrote. Um, <laughs> what's yeah. your what, not what's your why? Uh, you know, and I think that it, it falls on deaf ears quite often that we, well, yeah, yeah, the why thing. I get it. The why thing. I need to have a why thing. I know, you know, for years and years ago, uh, someone, I can't remember who it was, uh, you know, was teaching uh, mortgage, you know, people. And I think I was probably the only woman in the room of loan officers right at the time and um, saying that, you know, you have to have, you have to have a business plan. You have to have goals. And I was like, goals schmoles, you know, I don't need yeah. goals written down. And then um, they had said, well, you know, if you tell someone, I mean, if you write it down, you'll, you'll achieve it. So I wrote down, okay, well, I, I want to make a hundred thousand or whatever the number was back then, you know, make a hundred thousand dollars, let it be written, let it be done. And then I didn't, <laughs> right. And then, yeah. I, oh no, you're supposed to tell somebody. So you have an account of it. So I told my husband, Hey, I want to make a hundred thousand, right. <laughs> I wrote it down and I didn't happen. Right? Yeah. And I realized the importance of goals. And of course, years and years later, I realize the importance of knowing your why or what your purpose is. And so I think that right. you bring up a really good point. And, you know, this is a great time of the year for us to be thinking about this, you know, regardless right. of when this podcast gets released, you know, somewhere around the time of, of the change of the year. But um, it's a great time for us to be thinking about what, um, what that purpose really is. Like, why am I doing this? I know a lot of people in a lot of different businesses are going through this because of COVID. They're saying, do I want to go yes. back to my job? Do I want to go back to, you know, sitting behind a desk and doing what I'm doing? So there's no reason why we shouldn't be doing that as well as loan officers and realtors, because we have both listening to the podcast. So uh, I think that's a very, you know, and what happens when you do that is you have clarity because that's what you have. Exactly. You had that clarity and you said, you know what, now it's not even really motivation, it's inspiration, right? Because inspiration comes right. from the inside. And so now it was, hey, tell me, no, I don't care because <laughs> right. I have a mission, right? I'm building, I'm building people Exactly. Up. Yeah. Yes. I love that. I love that. So, so what made you go back into operations then? What, what was the, the, the catalyst there? Yeah. So I am one of those people that I have to know how everything works because um, I want to make sure that's working in the most efficient way, um, according to the team. So um, I really found that niche in operations because there are so many aspects you've got, um, you know, processing and closing and just the whole uh, manufacturing of the loan, the fulfillment. And there were so many pieces that as a loan officer, I wanted, I was selfish and said, Hey, I want to build it this way because it would make me more efficient as a loan officer. And, um, 
So I want to get back there and kind of retool the process and see what I could do to, to make it easier on the sales team, uh, which wasn't always welcome, <laughs> as right. you know. Right. Because um, it means so, more work for it to be right. easier. Right. In the long run. Yeah. 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 So it really, I wanted to get back there. And when I got back there in the shop and said, all right, let's, let's look at this and how we can be more efficient and how can we, um, you know, make this a little bit more lean of a process. It, it really opened my eyes to how many organizations just do things because that's the way it's always been done. Mm -hmm. Still, they still do it that way. Um, there's a knowledge base that left and they don't know where to pick up. There's some gaps in the knowledge and, um, they're just not aware of technology or new ways of doing things. Uh, as we were talking about projects, uh, styles, scrum master, agile, lean, um, no one really knew that from the operation standpoint. So really getting in there and showing, Hey, we can do it this way. What's the best way everyone works together? And what are your big items that you want to change on your big wish list? And how can we make this convenient for everyone? And then once I started seeing people light up instead of, oh, we have to do this. This is ridiculous. It lit up and they were like, wow, I can craft this myself. I, I have input in how this is going to, to work. And they've got ownership in that and um, seeing that excitement and seeing them have those aha moments really it it pulls me into operations all the time uh, because you don't always see that in sales especially as loan officers you're just trying to get a deal done you have your aha moment when you're with the client and you figure out oh this is this is going to be awesome it's going to save you this much money and we're going to get to this um but in operations you don't see that you you often see the struggle but there it was really nice to see the the wins and them appreciating those wins and learning that they can learn new things, that they can build new things on their own and that they had input. So that was, it was real team oriented. I like that a lot where a uh, loan officer is kind of a hunt uh, yeah, free right. type of situation. <laughs> right, right. So can you give us one of your secret sauces? Like one, one little secret that you did that you changed it, that as you're looking back and saying, they always did it that way. So they did it. What, what's something that you did to create that agility and that leanness that you're talking about? that maybe someone listening saying, but I've been looking for something, you know, can you give us one idea? Right. Um, well, I have a, I have a system that if any of my folks complain, and I actually got this um, from a fellow coworker, if they complain about a process, then I want you to bring me at least two solutions. Mm -hmm. So uh, don't just come and complain. I want to hear your thoughts on it. If you think it should be done a certain way or better, we can utilize um, leverage technology to do it. Um, so I was very open mm -hmm. and um, I really made them accountable. Uh, that was, that's the secret actually. Oh yeah, no question. You know, you have a say in this and I will completely try it and we can see if it works. If it doesn't, we'll move on and do, do the next thing, but making them accountable for, Hey, if it's not a good process and you keep doing it over and over and you're not telling me and we can't figure out something that I can't help you. So yeah, you're just getting them to open up. Yeah. 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 Well, you so know, there's, that, a, that was the there's a book called the no complaining rule. Oh, no. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. Actually, I, I it may have come from that. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, I not give it to, but I suggest it to some of my clients because when they, uh, you know, cause I coach people, those are the clients I have, but, but as I, um, you know, I hear someone saying, well, you know, this person, they come in and all they do is complain about blah, blah, blah. I go give them the book, the no complaining rule. So one of my clients, she now makes that part of the reading that someone has to have when they're getting onboarded with yeah. her. And we had, we had the book, you know, in our office and there's a cute little story to it. You have to read the book in order to understand it, but you'll be putting a piece of paper on the wall, but, um, it, uh, yeah. And it was about that, you know, that you can't complain, you have to come and you have to provide, you know, solutions. So it's the difference between enabling and empowering people, right. Is just enabling them to whine and complain versus empowering. So, okay. So that's, that's more philosophical. I get that. It's not like Mm -hmm. a tangible thing. Um, but is there something in the process as you're thinking through your process now versus your a process, a standardized, um, conveyor belt, right. Mm -hmm. What, what is something in your process that's unique and different that someone would say, oh my God, I've never heard of that before. In the manufacturing alone from process to close. Um, Well, you know, everything is pretty much a standard flow. Um, So you can't really change the flow of how uh, alone. Everybody has to get it. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's all the same. Um, So really it's the uh, organization of job duties. I think at that point, um, who does what, where it's done in the process, um, how, and what tools you use to get that accomplished. So I think something that helped us tremendously, especially this year with COVID, uh, we implemented a, a point of sale, a mobile point of sale um, platform, and it has driven our production up just amazingly because everything is done through this app. The the customer signed onto the app, sends us the documents, you know, just pictures and uploads it. So it's really freed up our loan officers to go out there and make those key relationships with their network, you know, title companies, realtors, and so on. And the realtor can brand through the, through this platform. And oh, there, there's awesome. four or five. Oh yeah. There's four or five platforms out there that you can, you can utilize. Um, but the, the realtor gets to brand through it and they also get notifications on, Hey, they're, the loans approved where closing's been approved. This is, you know, keeps them in the loop, which every realtor loves. Uh, they want to know what's going on. Right. And so that's been really, really, um, that's an efficient, beneficial. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's definitely for efficiency so that people aren't chasing documents, downloading documents, yes. printing documents, looking at documents all the time. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And we couldn't have folks come in and sit down for two hours or an hour and do a loan application right. in the middle of a pandemic. So we had to come up with a new way. And um, I think the, I think consumers are a lot more savvy, computer savvy and tech savvy these days than, than they get credit for. So yeah. yeah, I think so too, at least a lion's share of them, you know, so as we're continuing to share your story and I like, you know, I love bringing people on and just sharing different loan officer stories, you know, people that are really, really, really successful people that aren't in it anymore, like you and me and people that are just starting in it. What do you see as some of the challenges that you're experiencing? Because on the correspondent side, you know, you're hearing from your account executives and, and that type of thing. So you're hearing these, these challenges that loan officers are experiencing either in, in the marketing perspective or in being able to get loans through, you know, with all the, the I'll tell you what, my husband complains about the new URLA <laughs> yes. every day. Every single day, he complains about it. Yes. Now, it's, it's sad because he had um, a brain injury uh, mm-hmm. right as it came out. 
So unfortunately, it's harder for him to get more complicated. Everybody complains about it. It's not just him. Everybody complains. Um, but, but what are some of the challenges that loan officers are experiencing right now from your perspective? Sure. Um, so what we've been hearing is, of course, inventory is low. Uh, there are some hot spots across the U.S. that they're very lucky. Um, but inventory is low. And we're really struggling to come up with some affordability products um, that is driven, you know, that, that initiative has been driven by our current administration. And there's a lot of loan officers that are feeling like they have nothing to offer. Their, their institution does not um, right, have just those vanilla. Products. Everything's vanilla. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there's a struggle there. There's a huge gap there and a disparity. Um, for minority home ownership as well. So I think every every loan officer is pushing their uh, institutions to get those products and sign up with investors that have those products. So that's something that I see as a, a big challenge. The other, um, besides just inventory low and you know, it being ex- extremely competitive price-wise, you know, we have a lot of uh, larger banks that are acquiring smaller banks, or there, there's been a lot of mergers going on. And so that kind of puts a squeeze on the guys that can't do a lot of that business and makes it even more competitive. So of course, every loan officer in any environment is going to say, we want better rates, but um, that's going to be a continuous thing. It's just, it's going to be uh, even thinner margins uh, because of it. Because, you know, business is going to gradually decrease a little bit with the loss of refinances. Right. Um, the other major thing that COVID came into play, I know everybody's tired of talking about it, but, um, you know, recruiting loan officers has been an extreme challenge. Um, we've seen them poached away from numerous institutions and uh, with a promise of a bonus, uh, the ability to work from home instead of coming in the office. Same thing with operations underwriting. I mean, it's hitting us in all of our areas, right. but the competitive pay has been a huge challenge. And we see uh, institutions really relooking at their basis points uh, and comp percentage that they offer to loan officers because it's, it's higher than it has been in a while. And I know COVID had, you know, with all the business that we had over the past couple of years, um, you know, that's going to slow down but it's extremely competitive. So that's been the number one complaint. How do we recruit? How do we keep those guys, make them happy? How do we do a hybrid workplace? Um, that's been the, probably the number one topic yeah. besides affordability products. Yeah. And I think, I mean, other than the hybrid work situation, and of course for loan officers, that's an easy fix, but mm-hmm. for, for operations it's different. Um, I think that, uh, you know, again, it's another cycle. It's a cycle where we've seen, you know, sign-on bonuses, higher comp plans. But I think that, you know, over time, you're going to see that change a little bit. Um, okay. I mean, I personally don't. Don't anybody get mad at me listening to this? <laughs> but I, I know I'm like, Ooh. I know what is it going to be? What is it going to be? But. Uh, <laughs> You know, I kind of think that, you know, to a certain extent, if we had, and and of course not for everybody, and if I were a loan officer, I wouldn't want to hear this either, but there are some loan officers that would be better suited being salaried than they are trying to make a living, um, you know, closing two or three loans a month with 50 basis points, right? right, in a competitive market. And I think that there is some type of a saturation level, like if someone's not doing that kind of volume and they work for a certain institution and, you know, the in the best situation, if they had the best rates and the, this was a great loan officer and all this stuff, you know, the person could 
hopefully make 75 to 100,000 or 150,000, wherever your market is, right? Um, it might be just better to give them a salary and yeah. let them go out and kick it with the salary and however many loans they bring in, they bring in and then take the pressure off of them um, so that, you know, they stay, they stay in the industry. Yeah. And it's, you know, another item that's coming down is regulatory guidelines are really starting to, they're starting to take a hard look at MSAs. Um, So those folks that are in different shops that, um, you know, have struggled or, uh, and, and went to those, that may not be something that is an opportunity for them anymore. And so as their opportunities get squeezed, um, I think we're going to have a lot of loan officers that are either going to age out um, yeah. or take those opportunities that they can work from home. And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a very competitive workplace and hopefully we can get enough benefits and enough, you know, uh, basis points shot their way that we can make a difference. But I, I think that's going to continue for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's no, there's no, you know, anything written in stone or anything, anything right. kind of speculation, but, you know, I, I just have so much um, empathy for, you know, loan officers that are just really struggling and uh, you know, and they don't want to leave the industry and it's just, it might, you know, that's why I was suggesting it. I was just saying, and believe me, I, I'm not trying to make that happen to everybody, but if the sky is the limit and there's also a floor, <laughs> right. Yes. I'd rather yes. have a salary. I'd rather have a salary if I'm not going to get to the sky, you know? Well, so, and you really have to have um, these other factors. Like we talked just real quick about marketing. You know, you want to have a really great marketing platform. If you're going to attract that talent, you've got to have a presence. You've got to be on LinkedIn. You have to have a social media, you know, you have to be um, sending out marketing materials, birthday cards, you know, whatever yeah. you choose to, because that's the only differentiator. It's going to be the only differentiator because uh, everything's being regulated so heavily. It's just the touches and your service and um, the products that you can offer, really. Yeah, it's interesting that you say service. Anytime someone says customer service, I have to chirp in about this because <laughs> I, feel, I feel that the customer service is the conveyor belt. Everyone gets customer service. You can get, you're going to get service no matter if you get a loan through Quicken or you get a loan through you or you get a loan through broker or lender, it doesn't matter. You're all going to get service because everyone does that for what's, what's transpired is the experience that the clients, it will be the experience they get having gone through your um, conveyor belt. And as you, I had mentioned about the conveyor belt earlier and said, what is it about your conveyor belt that makes it really neat? is that you said it's the people and where they're placed in that conveyor belt that creates that experience for clients and creates um, not leniency, but um, the um, uh, efficiency, right? Mm -hmm. That it keep, and I've always said, you know, your your system and your process has to, and your whole practice has to not only be effective, but it needs to be efficient. You can't have an effective system that kills everybody and you can't have an efficient system that doesn't give someone a great experience. And um, and I believe that's what you're speaking exactly. about, you know, too, as well. So, okay, great. So as we finish up our time here today, uh, what words of wisdom would you like to leave for a loan officer who is listening to this or a real estate agent who's listening and needs to go tell their loan officer something, <laughs> right? Yeah. What are, what are some words of wisdom that, that you would like to embark on, um, on those people yeah. for 2022? I don't think business. 
is to learn as much as you can about what's happening in the industry and get you a mentor. I don't care who it is, if it's a realtor or a, a loan officer, find someone that you can connect with in this industry. Maybe it was something that you aren't familiar with. I'm not a secondary guru. Um, so I partner up with those folks to help kind of round out my knowledge base, but find those folks because this new generation of, of folks that are very tech savvy are doing their research and they want a competent individual. So you need to learn as much as you can and take that opportunity to shore up those missing pieces uh, because you really, that's going to set you apart. Um, and that's going to have you getting business uh, and those borrowers trusting you and really build that deep level of confidence that they need in this huge transaction. So I would tell anybody that. Yeah. And I, I would, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, you know, being a life learner in this industry, look, I've been out for three years of origination, right. And I still ask all these questions. I still want to learn and want to know. And um, so I'm going to leave everybody with this, a couple of things. So I, I love what you said about being well-rounded and you said secondary and it, it immediately took me to a couple of places. If you can't answer why is generally, and we get, I mean, no, there's exceptions on days and weeks and months and years, but generally why is the interest rate on a jumbo loan higher than on a conforming loan? And if you can't answer that question properly, you probably need to go speak to someone. How, yes. Why is it when the bond prices go down, rates go up and vice versa? Yep. How do you pay? How do you get rid of PMI? And I bet most people don't know the real answer. So call your MI person to make sure you know the exact answer. Yes. <laughs> not the, oh, two years. Yes. Right. Because that's yep. not the answer. That's wrong. Right. So if you answered two years, I just gave you the answer. Right. But, but yeah, two years is wrong. So, um, I mean, it could be right, but what are the odds, right? <laughs> that it would be. Yep. Um, but it's things like that that will make you an expert in the industry and differentiate you as an originator and as a professional in this industry. So I just gave three. Do you have any others that you would give? Like, do you know? Oh, man. Um, it, it wouldn't be like, what's a credit score if you're going to be? <laughs> it's not that. No, I don't. I've got so much that I could. Uh, I, that's the problem with me being like a teacher. I've, I'm in you know, bringing yeah, up there's the a team. lot of knowledge. Yeah. I mean, there's so much yeah. knowledge in your experience. Yeah. So we'll, we'll leave it at that, but you know, take those three questions. And if you don't truly know the answer, ask someone else the answer and see if it's the same or the question and ask and see if it's the same answer as yours. And if it's not, someone's wrong, figure it out and, you know, increase your knowledge in this industry, because, um, and we always say knowledge is power. And of course it is, there's people say, yeah, but it's not good unless you put it in action. I get it. I get it, but please, for God's sakes, do that. So Dana, thank you so much for sharing all this information uh, and congratulations on, on your um, accolades that you got there uh, this best year. And, um, you know, I just love seeing women, uh, you know, continue to grow in our industry and I love seeing men continue to grow too, but it's really great to see women um, in this industry, uh, you know, enter the industry as originators instead of having to take an opposite path if that's not what they want to do. You know, of course, it's a choice, but I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jen. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, okay, everybody, listen, thank you again for listening in. We appreciate it so much. And I just encourage you to scroll down on your phone if you can and give us a five-star rating and definitely put in a review. Tell us what you loved about what Dana had to say or what you love about what the podcast says 
Or you can even say, hey, Jen, could you talk about X, Y, and Z? Because we would love to uh, bring other topics on here. I have over 800 of my own topics that I could talk about, um, but I like bringing on other people because they have so much more value uh, to give than just listening to me every single week. I appreciate you listening. Don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube just as much as you're subscribing to us here on this podcast, and we will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.